there, everyone, and welcome to our very first podcast here at St. Edward Parish, where we are here to inspire saints to inspire more saints to build the kingdom of God. I'm Father Dominic. I'm the pastor here. I'm Paul Maneric, Director of Faith Formation. And this is our first podcast. It's pretty exciting. This is very exciting. Father Dominic, let me borrow a St. Edward mug. We have And we have matching mugs. Yes, but they don't see it. Oh, now they see it. And what does the other side say? Be blessed, stay blessed. Be blessed, stay blessed. I like it. Amen. Amen. Cheers. Cheers to our, and there is coffee in here, not whiskey. <laughs> Although it's the afternoon. Well, it's after five. We could have made them adult drinks. It's noon at St. Andrews. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's well past noon at St. Andrews. But once it's noon at St. Andrews, We're you're St. allowed Andrews. to have Scotland golf. <laughs> is, that, is that the... That's what my Uncle Jim says. Good anyway. for Uncle Jim. <laughs> So, Paul, why are we doing a podcast? We are doing a podcast because we want to inspire saints to go out and inspire more saints and build the kingdom of uh, God here, starting in our little corner of that kingdom, Mayfair, and to go to go to the people. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and our goal is to hopefully keep this to the train ride to 22 minutes, so you can listen to this on the train going to work downtown or in your car driving around or whatever. Before Father Dominic dragged me away from downtown, I used to ride the Metro every day, 22 minutes from Mayfair to Union Station. That's the, well, unless there are train track switch problems, and then it can be anyone's guess. But then you've got some extra time to reflect on what you learned in this beautiful podcast. But 22 minutes, that's our goal. And we have, we'll have a bunch of different segments as we produce these. Some of them are, I can't remember them now, but you have them written down. I got them written down, right? What here. are some of the segments we're going to oh, have throughout our podcast oh, here? I am so glad you asked because I've got it written down right here. Some of our segments are the universal, the common priesthood, the epistles. Um, I don't know if that Emphasis was. Emphasis on the E. Oh, epistles are, are things from you to us. Uh, shop talk, talking about what's going on here at the parish. Stories of grace, positive stories from you. Uh, who works here and who prays here? About half. That's what John, <laughs> St. Pope John the Twenty Third would say about the Vatican. I, I'm not going <laughs> to ask if, which half I'm in. Um, We'd be in the same half. <laughs> uh, gave you, and you haven't even opened. We got coffee sent from Milwaukee to Chicago by way of Africa. Because <laughs> you have to talk about the Africa. And so I gave Father Dominic a pound of it because we ended up with four pounds. Anyway, but tomorrow, like the good news, your coffee went around the world. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah, it's so it's very evangelical, and which is the point of our not only our podcast, but it's also the topic of what we're going to talk about today on our very first episode of our podcast on evangelization. Uh, what that means, who are supposed to be the evangelizers, um, how we evangelize, and what that what that really looks like. Um, and also today is the, the feast of St. Pope John Paul II, who is kind of uh, the, the motivator behind the new evangelization, although it's not quite all that new anymore. Um, but St. Pope John Paul II, when he called for a new evangelization, he called for three things, for new ardor, new expression, and new media, to have a, a new like motivation and you know that ardor, that that drive to go out and to make more saints, to inspire saints, 
um, new expression and that we're going to express it a little differently. You know, Pope John Paul II coming after the Second Vatican Council, and now the doors, as he would say, the doors are open wide to Christ. And then the new media, which is exactly what we're doing right now, although podcasts aren't new, but leave it to the church to just be a little behind. They would have been very new for him. Well, that's true. He would not have known what a podcast was. And he uh, died in 2005. <laughs> and so uh, New Ardor, which is different from New Order, which is like Bizarre Love Triangle and a bunch of other great songs from the 1980s. We're talking Ardor with an Before A. my time. A-R-D-O-R. <laughs> You're showing your age Burning now. Desire. <laughs> yes, Burning Desire, yes. New Ardor, not New Order. Awesome. So that's what we'll talk about. Cool. So, Paul, who are supposed to be the evangelizers? Who's called to go out and evangelize? Time out, time out. What is evangelize? What does that come from? I think let's 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 back it up. Fair enough. Very good. That's why you're the catechist among the two of us. <laughs> so what what does it mean? What is where do where do we get this term evangelize? Well, evan- evangelization comes from the Greek word and Father McElhone can correct me. Um, Evangelion, I think I'm pronouncing that about right. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the the good news. It's to the that literally the good news, which is Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, and so we're called, as Christ told us in the Great Commission in Matthew's Gospel, to go and ba- go to preach to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, that we're called to go out and tell the whole world that Jesus has risen from the dead, because that is, that is absolutely good news, but that is life, life-changing life news, literally, because he went from dead to alive. And, and that's what makes Christ so important, not, not only that he is God, but because he is God who left heaven and came down to earth and became a human being, taking on our flesh to walk our walk, talk our talk, even die our death, he shared in our humanity so that one day we'd share in his divinity. And that is good news to go out and tell the whole world. And I love that great commission. And I love how we actually, for those of you who've been in our baptistry, which is now the oratory of the Holy Trinity, if you look at that beautiful main stained glass window, there's Jesus sending forth his disciples and those words are above his head. And if you look on the sides, there are depictions of people from all over every race every nation under the under the skies of the earth are there and it's really cool stained glass window if you get a chance to check it out the oratory of the holy trinity right here in the rectory you want a tour let us know show up ring our doorbell and uh, beautiful chapel now it was built to be a baptistry now it's a chapel and it's beautiful yeah so that's so there we go so that's that's evangelize it's going that that great commission going out spreading the good news uh, preaching the gospel to all nations and baptizing them. So, what was your question? Who does that? Who's responsible for that? We all are. Every baptized Christian. And when we are baptized, we are not just baptized and we gain entrance into that family of, of gods, which is an awesome thing to say. Like, now I'm an adopted son. I am an adopted daughter of God. But we're also baptized priests kings and prophets and uh that's that universal priesthood and that's that's our our, our the point. name of this segment oh our common priesthood our common <laughs> priesthood i like it so that that common priesthood um i think people misunderstand it a lot they they think 
if we're all priests, then why are you a priest, Father Dom? And if you're a priest, how can I be part of that priesthood too? I don't get to wear that super awesome black choker that you've got it, on. And it is a slimming one. color, which, <laughs> which helps me tremendously. <laughs> but but that, that's that's the question, and, and we get that a lot, right? Like uh, that lack of understanding of how am I a priest? In what way am I a priest? In what way is my neighbor a priest? We're both baptized, but we don't celebrate Mass. We don't hear confessions, thank goodness, uh, and uh, don't want to. Um, I'll leave that to you. But what way am I a priest? Well, so let's go back to what is the whole point of, of a priest. What's, what's the definition of a priest? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me? A mediator between God and his people, uh, an offer of sacrifice to God uh, on behalf of his people. Bingo. His the priest is in the Old Testament is the one who offers the sacrifice as mediator between God and the people. And so that's, that's what it means to be priest, to offer sacrifice. An ordained priest, the, what I have the privilege of sharing in, I offer the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary in the Eucharist and participate in uh, what we call the economy of salvation, which is the seventh sacrament, right? That the whole thing I said earlier of how God leaves heaven, comes down to earth, takes on our flesh so that we could share in his divinity. Um, in a very particular way, I share in that mission of Jesus of continuing on the sacraments and offering the supreme sacrifice. But in the way that we are all baptized as priests, all people are called to offer sacrifice. Not just at Mass, and that you can have a Mass intention said, or as you attend and celebrate Holy Mass in, in the pew, you're offering your time there and yourself for someone else. So that is an offering. But we're also called to offer sacrifices in other ways, not just in our fasting that we can do mostly during Lent, but we're called to fast throughout the year. But in sacrificing you know, spare change that you may have to uh, a person on the street that is looking for some help for their next meal, um, to sacrifice maybe a more substantial part of your income to give away not only to our parish church to help us do our ministries of evangelizing and catechizing, but also to give them to veteran shelters and homeless shelters, food pantries, um, to give away their part of your income to help the needy. Um, those are ways that we share in the, the common priesthood uh, that we've been baptized into. You missed one. Uh, if you're going to be on a podcast sacrifice two inches of your completely unkempt beard <laughs> and, and your hair three inches off of what was quickly becoming a mullet, uh, <laughs> which are coming back now. I, that's what you were telling me. <laughs> uh, this is a bad trend to bring back. <laughs> if they want the eighties, teach them going back, teach them new order. Don't teach them. mullets. Let's f- focus on the new ardor first. There we go. Okay. First new ardor, <laughs> then new order. Mullets are nowhere in this story. So there's the priesthood. Now tell us a bit about king. How do we share in, in Christ's kingship? Well, that's a good question. How do we share in Christ's kingship? Um, so going back a little bit, I'm going I'm to be a politician. I'm going to shift that question a little bit back into okay. the priesthood point. Um, because I think that there's a lot of people like that you want to say it's either one or the other. There's either a ministerial priesthood or there's a universal priesthood. But then you look at the Bible, a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters say, well, what about that line in Hebrews where Christ is the only, the old priesthood 
would die and they're gone, but Christ is the priesthood now and forever. And then I think really, and this gets into the kingship too. It's, it, it, it ties into both because if we look at St. Paul, I have a Bible. Oh man, look at us Catholics. We can do Bible stuff too. <laughs> this is a, the Catholic Family Connections Bible. It says pray it, study it, live it. Uh, nice. If we go to, to uh, Peter, uh, First Peter. Wow, you came prepared. Oh man! All I, I have is a notepad. You you brought the scriptures. I mean, I know. Look at it. Yellow sticky notes. You I mean, are. That's the only way. You are living up your baptized priesthood real well, hey, my friend. So listen to this, chapter two, verse five. It says, "And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house." He's talking to the Christian community. Let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices, just like you were saying, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It go, keep going. It says, verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, so that you may announce the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's referencing Exodus, uh, where uh, Exodus chapter 19, verse 6 um, you will be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Um, and then you think about that. So how are we a priesthood? St. Paul calls us, right, the body. The members of, of the church are the body of Christ. And because Christ is the priest and he's the head of the church, it stands to reason that his body shares in that priesthood. He is also the king of the universe. We share in his kingship, right? It's that, that link we have through baptism to the body of Christ that gives us these these claims of priesthood and kingship um, that are so awesome. And today in, in evangelization, it's, it leads us right into the prophetic office. So we have the kingly office, the priestly office, and the prophetic office that we're called to go and to tell everyone that we meet about Jesus Christ, that he has risen from the dead, and how our faith sets us on fire to go and to offer those spiritual sacrifices, to, to take an active role in the body of Christ, in the nation of kings and priests that, that has been left to us. And in that, we give a witness and evangelize the whole world. You know, evangelization isn't just Bible thumping, you know, as wonderful as it is to, to pull out the scriptures and to pray with them and to learn from them. Uh, but evangelization, and that, that was kind of the old evangelization before St. Pope John Paul II. You know, the evangelization was just going out and, and really it was kind of just telling Protestants why they were wrong, right? Um, and it started really with Leo XIII. We don't have to talk about all that, um, about this new evangelization. And John Paul II, it's, it's not just about explaining our faith. That's more the catechetical part, the teaching but rather we need to be witnesses of the gospel. When you believe and know that Jesus has risen from the dead, and if I follow Jesus, I too will rise from the dead, that means you radically change how you live your life. I mean, if I want to rise from the dead, I can't just be any old schmo, right? And I can't just continue my life of sin. That calls me to repentance. Um, Jesus didn't say, everybody's going to come with me. And he said, you have to take up your cross and follow me. And do as I command you, right? Um, and so that's that causes a radical change in our life. And the more that our society becomes more secularized and pushes God out of society, the, the more kind of against the grain we're moving, um, which just means to do something simple is even 
as a family at dinner uh, to just make the sign of the cross and pray before you eat dinner in a restaurant. I mean, do it at home too, um, but to do it in a restaurant before you eat, that's a huge witness of evangelization. That's new ardor um, and not necessarily new expression, but uh, that gives the new ardor there. Uh, when you're in the car driving on road trips to pull out a rosary and do a family rosary, even at home, do a family rosary. And uh, coming to Mass on Sunday, that's that's evangelizing now, as only 20% of Catholics are coming to Mass. So the 80% who aren't going and notice you going, that's a witness and evangelization. Yeah, we live joyfully, right? Like, this is all great yeah. news. We live joyfully, and that's I think that's the beauty of the message. I know Pope Francis is talking about, like, be joyful, right? That's that he doesn't want sour faced saints. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's it. And and if you're joyful, you are attracting people because they say, "Why is that guy so happy?" If there's anything we know about right now, it's there's a lot of people who have the opposite of joy, right? There's a lot of mental health problems. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of anxiety going on. I mean, COVID hasn't helped any of this, but it was already there, bubbling up under the surface. And it's, it's, I I think we coming from a position of faith can say with straight faces and a simple answer, of course, as a world moves away, or at least a culture, because many parts of the world, this isn't the case, but certainly in America it is, as we walk away from God and we turn away from this great story, this joyful process of evangelism, this good news, yeah, we're going to get a little depressed because the world makes less sense. The things that stink about the world, and there are plenty of them because sin is real, they stink worse when there's not heaven mm-hmm. at the end of the story. So I think, yeah, you share joy, you're preaching. That's the, you're living out. You're 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 a king, a king of joy. You're a priest of joy. So uh, and prophet of joy and a prophet of joy. Absolutely, that's the most important part. I think uh, you prophesy joy. People are like, yeah, I want some joy. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I I love it. I think amen. And, and you, I love the fact that what you're talking about, like kind of. We used to be more more courageous about going. Well, it used to be less dangerous, right? It used to it used to cost us less in our social currency or whatever to go out and bring Christ out of the church with us and fill that space of the world with Christ. Fill that space with His church. Like you said, praying out loud, physically signing, making the sign of the cross in a in a restaurant, uh, praying when you walk. Listen to the Gregorian chant, whatever. Put a, put a statue of Mary in your front lawn. Do a lap around the rosary beads on the train ride home. If you're listening yeah. to us to work on the way home, pull yeah. out the rosary. Yeah, exactly. It'll Hold. take you less than 22 minutes. You don't, even, you don't even say it out loud. You don't even say to chant it. It would be impressive if you could chant it in Latin. Uh, but <laughs> on you the metro. On the metro. <laughs> There's no need for that, right? Just literally taking out your rosary beads. Um, I was at Riot Fest. And as we were walking out, there were these two girls, and they were just like, hey, you want a miraculous medal? And I was like, oh, well, actually, I've, I've got one. And, like, and they've got a scapular, too. Impressive. And I was like, and I didn't thank them. I didn't say, wow, that's really cool. That's brave, too, to be out here, you know, at a punk rock show, and you're passing out miraculous medals. We were young, uh, two, two young women just kind of on fire, and they were talking to people, and just you could tell they were joyful and they were laughing and smiling and just you know it was minimal preaching just like hey i've got joy and i've got this beautiful medal and i want to share it with you full stop there's no it was awesome it was beautiful all right cool all right so now let's switch to shop talk 
So, Paul, right. tell us, how is our family faith formation, which you now run, how is that evangelical? Well, I used to like it more when you ran it, Father Dom. I'm I sure you did, and I love it now that you run it. <laughs> Darn it. Okay. Uh, that is actually my job. So, um, it's great. Uh, family faith formation is all about rekindling that do- the, the fire that should be at the heart of every domestic church, right? The family is the first primary and greatest teacher of the faith for the kids. So mom, dad, older brother, older sister, that's where the younger ones who are growing, that's where they learn the faith and learn to love the faith first. It can't be as, as wonderful of a priest as you are and as wonderful as the homilies are that we get every Sunday and throughout the week and the videos and all this stuff. And our podcast. Our podcast, which is just dynamite. I mean, really, it's an amazing <laughs> podcast. The viewership's off the charts. Um, <laughs> as much as those are great sources, they are to some degree, I'm not going to say meaningless, they are far less. Well, they should be a, um, a supplement. A supplement. That's the word. Thank you. I knew. I Where saw you. Is, Thank you. Yeah. That's all supplemental to what you should be doing and receiving at home. Yeah, they're the protein powder. <laughs> yes. That goes in your milkshake. I don't know how. We are the muscle milk. Right? It's like water. So, But the primary source for this faith has got to be the home. And so the, that's the whole idea behind family faith formation is to really give parents the confidence and the tools to live out their vocation because you're, uh, God gave you the tools, right? God gave you the tools. He's made you a teacher. He's made you a former of your children. Uh, you form them by teaching them manners, to teach them to tie the shoe, teach them to go to the bathroom. These are messy, hard things to do, right? Teach them how to share, how to share, how to not spill their drinks out of cups that don't have sippy top lids. Um, and all these things are hugely important. And we do this because we're like, well, we got to, we've got to teach the faith too. And it's, it's daunting, and we haven't, sometimes we feel inadequate. And at some level, we ourselves are, but that's why you lean on the Holy Spirit. God's here, and he'll give you the grace. He'll help you through. But as a community, we can also help. And so that's what we do. We want to really uh, set up multiple people, not just the catechists, not just the teachers, but also people who become veterans of the program who the other new families or even old families who just run into a sticky situation, a problem where they're, their kid's like, hey, I've got a great question. And there are great questions and hard questions. Our faith is a faith that embraces mystery. And, and that is okay to say, wow, I'm struggling with this. And so we lean on each other. Through the grace of the Holy Spirit, we say, hey, let's work together to culture or to cultivate a, a parish filled with these little domestic churches. And that's Amen. our goal. Um and now in this program, we're re-empowering the parents to be the evangelical faith leaders that they're meant to be uh, and to keep passing on the faith at home so that then kids see how important it is. And we're going to do a whole other podcast just on our family faith formation program. It's going to be awesome. And so as we finish up, and I'm sure the Metro's come coming to the end of their, their line, well, thank you all for joining us for our very first podcast, uh, our I'm excited for our next one on the domestic church Amen. and for you to share this podcast and let others know about it, especially those in our parish. And um, we'll just continue preaching the good news. Amen. I'm Paul Manerick. I'm Father Dominic. And this is where we form and inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God.